Hello and welcome to City Watch on the air or FFC for those of you who are not initiated, although I know there aren't that many of you out there. We are going to be coming back with a really fabulous guest, somebody that you've been talking about and asking for, and we have her with us. I'm not going to tell you who she is until we come back. We'll be right back after this. Another great place to use Visa. They say that on the Champs-Élysées in Paris, the brioche are so delicate and the pan au chocolat so delicious, you'd almost think you were at Pike Place Market in Seattle, where you'll find Le Panier, one of the finest French bakeries around. But if you want a taste of Le Panier's world-class casse-croûte, bring a discerning palate and your Visa card. Because at Le Panier, they take baking to an art, but they don't take American Express. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. Hello, it is everywhere you want to be, and we are where you want to be right now. You are, of course, with City Watch on the air, and I am very pleased to tell you that we have Melinda Lee of Food News with us. Thank you so much for being with us on City well, Watch. Thank you. It's delightful to be here. One of our main questions here on the show that come to us from, from listeners is, how do you get started in business? How do you avoid some of the pitfalls in business? You have been uh, the leading person, the leading go-to person for food, certainly in the United States that I know of for a while now. Uh, that is what's happening right now. Of course, uh, there was a time you, like everybody else, had to go and talk to people and get your name out there and get known. You started out, I believe, in the catering business. I did. And I want to talk... I started out not really in my business life in the catering business, but the last thing I did in, as a business was I had a catering business that preceded my being on the radio. Okay. Now, how did you go, I should ask you first, how did you get started as a person who really loved food? Because I know to do this, you can't just like food, you can't just think of food as a pleasure. You have to really, really enjoy it. When did you start to get that feeling in you? It's a time in, in here in Southern California when food started becoming really popular and people started becoming what they call foodies. Ah. Everyone got interested. I just started reading about it. I started trying recipes. I started buying books. I got crazy about it. <laughs> and I just started trying things. And I used to give a lot of parties. And I would create the menu, which was the big creative event, and make the food. And then, almost in self-defense, I wanted to make a beautiful setting in which to give the party. So I got into design and decor and flowers and all that. And it was like a very expensive hobby. So you didn't actually go out to people and say, how do I do this? You sort of put it together yourself from reading and from, from I guess, watching and listening to other I things. I did. I did. It was before the Food Network, but just before. It was in the 70s. I was working in normal business such as as I would call it, had nothing to do with food. But I had worked it out so that I had a little bit of time, and when I would be giving a party, I could take some time off preceding the, at the end of the week preceding, to get it ready. And I started hiring people to help me do that and started creating these parties. And finally, someone came to me and said, you know, if you were a caterer, you would be so successful because he was, this particular gentleman was going to a lot of parties and he said either they look really pretty but the food is no good or the food tastes great but it's kind of loving hands at home. Everything's in, in uh, you know, disposable containers uh, and it doesn't mm -hmm. look pretty. And he said the thing about your parties are they look beautiful and they taste great. So I will invest some money in you 
if you would like to start a catering business. Now, that's the key thing, folks. A lot of people come to me and they say, well, how do I get money for my business or how do I, I expand my business? What you have to do is have something that it's so good, people actually come to you and say, I will yes. invest money <laughs> <laughs> right, in, but in your I, business. But I will tell you that he invested only a little bit of money. If I had known anything about what it would properly take to start a business like that, I would have known I couldn't do it. But I thought, oh, I can keep doing what I'm doing in my regular work mm -hmm. and then I'll grow my business and when it gets big enough I can quit my job but it invariably happens <laughs> I now know it's universal that you get to the place where you have to fish or cut bait mm -hmm. your new business is not making enough money for you to quit your old job but if you don't quit your old job you can't grow your new business any larger mm -hmm. so I uh, because I just loved what I was doing. I figured I'll work it out. I quit my other job and grew my business. Was that something that you sat, because I, I, I guess you were married at the time. Was that yes. something that you and your husband sat down with and said, oh my gosh, you're going to quit your job? <laughs> <laughs> not that he said that. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to put words in his mouth, folks. Not at all. Well, I was so happy he had one. <laughs> you see, a job, so he could provide some. And he was really very supportive about it. I said, I want to do this, and I just know I can make it go. And we were young and dumb. Ah. And we said, okay, let's let's go. Well, there's something to that. Uh, speaking of moving through, I am going to uh, give you this, and we will be right back. Double your pleasure, double your fun. That's the statement of the great myth. Double myth. Okay, uh, I think we're back even for even before I thought we were leaving. Uh, what one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, before we went to break, and since I have a chance here, I'll ask you: When you sit down and you have that talk, because I know that a lot of people are probably going to at some point have that talk with their significant other, whoever it is, say, you know, honey, uh, I know that we're not quite there yet, but I need to do this in order to move us to the next level. Uh, how do you approach the, the significant other on that? What do, you, what do you say? You know what I think it is, is there are some people that are going to be supportive and really get it and be excited by the challenge. And there are some people that would be really afraid and would not be open to it. And you, I don't know how to tell you to do it. I lucked out to have a guy that was going to be in my corner. But I can see that, uh, that you might have to make a different plan for a different kind of person. Okay, one of the things that happened after your catering business really started to take off is you got the additional interest. Again, this is this is one of the things, folks. You're you have to be doing well. There has to be some momentum for other people to say, "My, what's going on here?" And what happened with you is you got the chance to work on the radio mm -hmm. to talk about food on the radio. Mm -hmm. And how did that come about? It came about because my husband was friends with a man who was house sitting a house in Hollywood with the guy at, who was the announcer on the like, iconic show on, on the CBS flagship station here in Los Angeles. And this guy was the announcer on the show. He was being roommates temporarily with this other man who was a friend of my husband. The person who was the host of the show left the show very abruptly, like on a Friday, and not coming back on Monday. Ouch. And the 
the guy that was house sitting came home and said, oh, my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. We've lost the host of the show. It's, it, I, you know, we're stuck. This other guy called my husband and said, oh, you know, Melinda should be on the radio. <laughs> and I called the news director, and we began a four-month audition process because the word got out quickly, and everyone in the food community from all over all over the place, more than just Southern California, started sending books and videotapes and everything else to try to apply for the job. But I met the announcer. He came to my house. I wrote a resume because I had been in my own business for 11 years, so my resume was pretty dated. I wrote a, a new resume, gave it to him. He gave it to the news director at uh, KNX, and then he didn't call me. So I waited a week or two or however long I could stand, and I called him. Oh, yeah. And I said, oh, you are just overlooking the most important piece of paper on your desk. <laughs> and that's my resume. And here's why I am uniquely qualified to do this show. And wouldn't it be great? And I thought it was an hour a day, Monday through Friday. And that's all there was to it. So I never anticipated giving up my business. After four months later, after I, they finally gave me the job, I discovered immediately that it was more than a full-time job, and it was I was going to have to give up my business if I was going to see another fisher cut bait thing. <laughs> absolutely, you know? absolutely. See, the the important thing here is that even when the next opportunity presents itself, it's still a situation where you may have to push a little bit harder, move oh, a little yeah. bit more, and and do a, do something that you did not expect to do because here you'd already been approached by the person. He'd already said, give me your resume. He's already said, we have an opening. Mm -hmm. We've already said, we're interested in you. And you're still looking four months down the line oh, yeah. before it actually became something that you could work with. Well, I had never been on the air before. Didn't even know how to turn on the microphone with a button. And I didn't know if I knew. I just knew I could do it. But they didn't have that information. <laughs> you know, it was uh, something going on in my head. And they, they did their, their interview process, so to speak, was auditioning people, which they did every single day. They put people on the air as a guest host, and, it just, and they narrowed the field little by little. And uh, as I said, I went into his office at, at near the end and said, you know, it's time for you to give me this job. <laughs> and then they did. I love it. That's, see, that's a perfect example of what I mentioned before is hanging in there, just hanging in there, even mm -hmm. though it may seem like it's not quite within your grasp. Hang in there anyway and see what, what, what's happening. All right. You, you're four minutes down the line. You have the job. Now, you started out uh, with a co-host or? I did. I, there was an announcer on the, it would, the, you could call him a co-host or the announcer. It was not a person who answered the questions, but a person who sort of guided the show along and introduced the uh, uh, callers and things like that mm -hmm. and so and then you moved from there what the next step from that was the national I had a national show simultaneously after a few years I had a national show that I broadcast at a, a remarkably early hour every morning <laughs> and also on Saturdays and I would do my national show which was broadcast from LA drive to KNX and do the KNX show Ah. And uh, and and then be tired. <laughs> I guess so. Well, I, I, my 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 first. 
question then uh, along this line is you did the national and then you did a local show as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. there was there was no way for the local people to pick up the national feed or you just there was no no contract they way wanted to do that, they or? they they wanted their show their way all for ah, them ah. so I had to protect the market I couldn't approach any other station in the market as part of my agreement with K and X, which I understood, but it was their iconic show. They weren't about to have to broadcast a different one mm -hmm. in that space. Okay, now you're on every Saturday. Now I know that because I listen. Yes, she's <laughs> on every Saturday, and it's called Food News. Has it always been Food News? It has always at K and X. It has always been called Food News with Melinda Lee. It was. Uh, it has been called other things at other radio stations, and my national show was called Food for Thought. But it's. The food, the show you know for the last 28 <laughs> plus years that I've been at KNX has always been food news. Okay. So, looking at it now, 28 years on, uh, we are looking at a situation where, and again, I'm running out of time, so I'm trying to phrase this as quickly as I can. Uh, what would you tell someone who wants to be involved in food? Because you're, you've managed to bridge the gap between people who are, uh, what's the word I want to use? Very aristocratic about food oh, and, and people uh -huh. and people who are very you know let's throw it on the grill and see if it looks good after oh, yeah. <laughs> and you you managed to bridge that gap quite easily was that something you did naturally or was that something that came with time I think it's something I did naturally one of the things about my catering business was that I employed a lot of people we prepared everything on location on the day of the party speaking of pressure ah. and we prepared everything from scratch we didn't open cans or buy things partially cooked and I learn not only the kind of mistakes that I make, but the kind of mistakes that other people make. You know, your thought pattern influences the way you do things. I also had customers that were very elegant and wanted multi-course formal meals, and a lot of customers that wanted to have a big blowout barbecue or just the simplest thing. And so by my customers stretching me in different directions and my employees needing to learn in different ways, I got a kind of a wide base of understanding about different approaches to food. The basics of how to cook and how to conduct yourself in the kitchen remain the same whether you're throwing it on the grill or or making watching a souffle rise. Right. Remember that folks when you're doing something like this it's got to be a matter of basics. Either you can include other things with them but you can't leave them out. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so I thank you uh, Melinda Lee for being with us. Uh, Melinda Lee Food News uh, I don't know if I can mention KNX. If I can, I did. Oh. Uh, uh, well, uh, well, Stephanie's not shooting me, so I guess I can. And I did, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, please listen for it Saturday mornings, at least Saturday mornings here in Los Angeles. You who are listening to us via the web are going to have to adjust it for your own particular time zone. But we thank you again for being with us. Uh, you are with uh, Melinda Lee. Uh, you're with Michael. This is, of course, Facts and Figures City Watch on the air. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.